Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Today on CityCast Chicago, when we started popping up in neighborhoods back in the summer, we were excited when CityCast listeners wrote in about wanting to take us through their communities. One email in particular really jumped out to us. Andy Linker told us she was born and raised from Lincoln Park and deeply loves it. But Andy also wanted to make sure we had a nuanced conversation about the history of the area. So we met up in Lincoln Park with Andy back in September. It's Wednesday, December 28th. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is CityCast Chicago. How are you doing, Jacoby? Nice to meet you, I'm Andy. Nice to meet you, Andy. This park is like a really strong, like, micro-example of Lincoln Park. There's just plenty of families, plenty of dogs. Andy, uh, before we get started, how did you find out about our Neighborhood Guide series? Um, I've been listening to your podcast probably for the past six or eight months. So I was really excited when you put the call out for residents and people who live in neighborhoods to talk about their own because I've... I have lots of thoughts on Lincoln Park. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much for listening to the show. How long have you lived in the neighborhood? I grew up here. So um, I spent the first 18 years of my life um, not too far from Oz Park, where we are right now. Um, And now I live up in Lakeview, but not far. Okay. Uh, Growing up in Lincoln Park, what was this neighborhood like? Was it vibrant for a kid? Oh, yeah. It was just idyllic to grow up here as a child. Um, I just, my memories are mostly from like summers here. I would just spend like the entire day outside with my friends running amok in the neighborhood. It's a really lovely place. And then on top of it all, there's like restaurants and shopping. The community here is so strong. Everyone cares really deeply about the place they live in. And just like, I, I've loved living here. Yeah. As we were walking through Oz Park, I said that this place feels like a microcosm of the neighborhood. What are some of your earliest memories in this park? Yeah, I feel like this is a park that is crowded almost 24 seven, which is so nice. And, you know, on weekend nights, you can see like live music over here. So it's really a a hub for the neighborhood to come to. Um, My earliest memory is the play lot right behind you over there is pretty fun. It's got like a makeshift castle going on there so you can it felt dangerous to me growing up and it's not dangerous at all but we've always had dogs growing up so we'd always bring our dogs to that little dog play area that we saw so this is a a good place to get a good feel for like what Lincoln Park is like. Growing up in this neighborhood did you see that there was an emphasis to like teach the history of was it easily accessible to you was like were you able to find out like well who are the people who lived here before us what's the story of this neighborhood or is that something that you've come in contact with as you've gotten older and older 
definitely was not as accessible to me growing up as as I right now I'm I'm so curious about it because as I was growing up I started to realize that like this neighborhood has a more complicated history than than what I was able to see in my in my years growing up here. I think a book that has really shaped my understanding of the neighborhood is called The Battle for Lincoln Park by Daniel K. Hertz. Um, it's just an amazing, amazing uh, rundown of Lincoln Park from 1950 until like 1979 and, and the, the work that was done to gentrify it and then the work that was done to oppose this gentrification by the, the Young Lords organization. And it's, it's an awesome book. I highly recommend for anyone who wants to learn more about the place where they live. Lincoln Park was historically, in, as early as like the 1920s-ish, a German neighborhood. And you can see a lot of the German influence Called around. Called it the Cabbage Patch. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I didn't know the, that. The, the German farmers in this area largely produced cabbage. Yeah, and it did eventually turn over in about the, the 1950s to a largely Puerto Rican neighborhood. And then um, in the early mid-1950s, early 1960s, um, a group of, of Lincoln Park and Old Town residents formed an organization and they started organizing to what they call preserve the neighborhood. So they started doing things like getting Oz Park um, built. They, they tore down a bunch of housing in Oz Park. They started um, building more housing units and preserving ones that were already there. And, you know, while this is all happening, they have no consideration for for what this means for the residents that currently live there. They kind of barreled in. And um, at the same time, the city was also barreling in with an urban renewal program. They blighted this area and decided that they would be one of their targets of urban renewal. And so those two forces together started pushing out Puerto Rican uh, communities. So um, it's complicated. And it, it it keeps me up at night, that the fact that the beautiful neighborhood that I love and grew up with um, has such a, a dark history to it. Yeah. How has that maybe tinted your view of the the neighborhood? Like, I imagine, you know, with rising rents, with the way the neighborhood has changed over the last 30 years, that is a particular vantage point in Lincoln Park. It, it's This is my, my home. I feel such great roots here. My parents have run a block party on our block for the past 26 years. And they, my people call my mom the mayor of Dayton Street, which is the street that they live on. That's why it's hard for me to have this tension of like, this is not the idyllic place that I knew growing up. It still is, but it just has even more layers to it. Damn. It's even undergone a ton of change from when I was little. I would say, um, first of all, on my street, We've got a lot of neighbors that have been there since I was born and I've known them since I was born. But there's also a, just a ton of like turnover of people who just like come in for a few years and then want to move up to the suburbs when they start realizing that like Chicago public schools maybe aren't for them. And so that that's hard for me to watch like such uh, to see like people who don't really have that investment in their neighborhood not make roots here. I, I that That's hard for me. Um, Armitage Avenue, like the shopping district where I grew up, that used to be all small businesses and it's now mostly like large corporations that run it. It's just not as accessible to people who really want to put down roots, whether it be a small business or a, a family looking to, um, to stay here for a while. My parents moved in in the 80s, so it was more affordable back then and they, they could do it and then they've just decided to stay. Um, and I hope that, you know, one day, it doesn't it doesn't become this place that's just like totally unaffordable for someone to actually buy a home and stay and and make this the community it is. I don't want to see that sense of community go away mm-hmm. because we just nobody can afford to stay. What was it like to have parents like that much of a staple in the neighborhood where they're seen as the mayor in their neighborhood or as you know, I'm sure other people called your parents moms and pops and things like that. What was it like to have people who are not only committed to their neighborhood but 
in some ways a, a representative of yeah. it. Yeah. So I do a lot of community organizing in my spare time, and my mom and dad are my tr- my true role models in community organizing because they, even though they don't you know, call themselves community organizers, they are. They're always trying to get to know their neighbors. They're trying to put on fun, like, fun events like the block party they're always like sitting out on their front stoop like having some wine and cheese with their neighbors and so um they they're truly a model of like how you can live in a place and invest in that place and care for that place and i think i hope that everyone can can show that amount of care for the neighborhood they live in and make that effort to get to know their neighbors and make an effort to create a home out of not just the place where you live but like the area around the place where you live Well, let's jump into your neighborhood guy. What are some things that you're excited to tell us about today? My favorite part of green space in the city is over by the zoo. Basically from North Avenue all the way to Diversity, you've got, what is that, like two miles worth of of open green space. Um, South by North Avenue, you've got a beautiful boardwalk that you can walk around and there's a farmer's market over there on Saturdays. And then you've got the actual zoo itself, Lincoln Park Zoo. It's one of the country's largest free zoos I believe which is really cool and they do a lot of like animal conservation work and then you've got the Lincoln Park Conservatory which does not hold a candle to the Garfield Park Conservatory but is still very very cool and beautiful and a great place to go in the winter when it's cold (laughs) and then um, even north of there you've got the North Pond Nature Conservancy so like four different nature experiences that you can have within like a two mile radius which I think is really really awesome and then you're right by the lake, too. So you can pop over there, too. You can spend a whole day in nature. I also, up north, there's a building called the Elks National Monument and Memorial, I believe it's called. And it's this, um, it's the Elks Foundation headquarters, which is like a service group. And it's this, like, palace-like building that, like, looks like it belongs in Europe. But it's in Chicago, and it's really cool to go see open to the public when it's open. And it was another place in Lincoln Park in slash Old Town that you think people should, uh, something people should take part in? I think... Everyone should give a visit to Old Town. It's one of the oldest neighborhoods in the city and has been so very carefully preserved to how it looked back in the in the 50s when people started this preservation effort. Um, and so walking around Old Town, like Sedgwick Street, Menominee Street, there's all these like beautiful old homes. You can't talk about Old Town without talking about this. Second City and Zany's Comedy Club, they are two of... Second City, I think, is one of the oldest comedy improv clubs in, in Chicago. It bred comedians like Tina Fey, Amy Poehler, um, and Zany's is like a uh, stand-up uh, comedy joint. So another cool one to see if you're looking to go a little bit off the, the beaten path. What's another place on your list? You've taken us through, see some historical sites in Old Town. We walked through some green space in Lincoln Park. Yeah, so I really love to shop. And Come on. <laughs> on Armitage Avenue between about Halstead and Sheffield, it's widely known as like a click to brick district, which means like all these retailers that do primarily do their business online, like Warby Parker, have like brick and mortar shops. But there's one store that really has a special place in my heart. Um, my aunt has owned a store on Armitage for the past like 30 years, I think. Um, It's called The Second Child. It was one of the first uh, female-owned businesses in the neighborhood. And then it's also a relic of what Armitage Avenue used to be because it's one of the last ending, like, true mom-and-pop stores. And it's a little um, children's designer resale clothing store. So you can see, like, the tiniest little Moncler jacket you've ever seen in there. And there's all (laughs) this, like... Burberry booties. Yeah, exactly. It's the (laughs) cutest place ever. So for any parents, it's a great place to shop. It is resale, so it's, A, more affordable, and B, better for the environment. And um, if you go in 
there almost any day of the week, you're going to see my Aunt Amy. So you can give her a little hey. <laughs> I'm loving this conversation. From yeah. Again, from the memories to the your aunt having a business. I need you. haven't <laughs> taken us anywhere to, to sit down, spend some coin, and, 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 fill our, and fill our bellies yet. Yes. Okay. So I am also an ice cream aficionado. And my Come favorite on, ice cream. Yes. Very fancy. <laughs> um, my favorite ice cream joint in the neighborhood is called Annette's. It's the full name is Annette's Italian Ice, but they also have ice cream. Um, it, I'm not sure if they're still open for the season. And the reason why I say that is because it's just a window on the side of a building. So they're not <laughs> open in the winter because that would be horrible to eat ice cream outside in the winter. Uh, but it is homemade Italian ice and ice cream. And it is you're going to expect a line if you go there at any time of the day. And it is just delicious. And Annette, the owner, is like standing in the window constantly. So it's, it's a real uh, relic of the neighborhood, I want to say. Um, I mean, Very be good. Between your net, between your aunt, you've made a reference a few times of seeing business owners in there. Are there still a couple of businesses around in which when you go in, the you know, the, the same individual is there, you know, behind the counter giving you your Italian ice or, you know, giving you your, your Montclair jacket? <laughs> uh, yeah, I would say less and less places, but there are still some some relics. Another place on my list is called uh, Pasta Palazzo, and that has also been there since I was little. It is a pasta restaurant, and I like to go there because it's like a more of a, a small little little neighborhood place. I need your two orders from those places. What, oh. what, what is your Italian ice of okay. choice, and, and what pasta dish are you grabbing? This is a strange option, but they have chocolate Italian ice at Annette's. Sounds weird. Yeah, I think both it's of our, really both delicious. Both of our faces just like shocked because I don't think I've ever heard of that. Yeah, it's it. I don't know what they do to make it taste like that, but it tastes really good, in my opinion. Okay. Yeah. All right. I I don't know if I'm gonna try it, but it's yeah. it, I, my interest is peaked. They have so many fruit flavors. Chocolate is like the one weird <laughs> one on there, but give it a go. Um, Pasta Palazzo. I really love their fettuccine Alfredo with broccoli in it. Very mm. good. Standard, just a standard pasta place. Hey, but uh, but it's a go-to. Oh my God, Andy, you have taken us so many places: green space, pasta, ice cream, Italian ice. Is there anything on your list that, that we haven't gotten to yet? Yes. Okay. So you wouldn't think this, but Lincoln Park is a place with really delicious Lebanese food. There is a restaurant called Cedar Palace, and I have a co-worker who is Lebanese and said that it is her favorite place in the city to get Lebanese food. It's the most authentic she's found. And I didn't even know this before I talked with her about it, but it's always been one of our favorite restaurants in, in the in the neighborhood. So definitely check out Cedar Palace. Um, they have really good like kefta kebabs and rice plates, and it's enough food for like two meals. So <laughs> great spot. And then one of the Black-owned businesses on the north side is also in Lincoln Park. It's called Batter and Berries. It's a brunch spot. Their that. lemon pancakes are some of the best I've had in they my are life. So good. Yes. So good. <laughs> um, and so it's great to see that you know there's not just you know the the neighborhood is like we've talked about very white, very young, lots of labradoodles around here, and so it's good to see that <laughs> there is um, you know some diversity in the neighborhood. I want more of that. I want to keep patronizing Batter and Berries because they're they're an important place to me. Yeah, and they are really warm when you're in there. Yeah. Like the service is really good. Often I think the the manager or one of the co-owners is in there like walking around, coming up mm -hmm. to your table, asking you how you feel. Always got like a smooth rhythm playing in the background. But you're right. Them lemon pancakes is, yeah. come on. And then the last one, I feel like constantly the conversation is, are you a Lou Malnati's person or a Giordano's person for a deep dish? But I am a Pequod's person, and that is here in Lincoln Park. And that is something that is very, very 
I'm very passionate about it. Um, it's the best deep dish pizza in the city. I was late to the Pequod's game. I, you know, I grew up on Giordano's for my deep dish. Grew up on Italian Fiesta for my tavern style. Okay. But Pequod's in the last year, it immediately jumped over those other two. Not to the level where yeah. I think I'm going to be grabbing it more than like, a, you know, a little thin crust square cut joint. Mm -hmm. But, um... It, it definitely works. And the greatest thing about Pequod's to me is they have French fries that you can order with your pizza. I mean, can you ask for anything more? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Andy, this has been such a, a fantastic uh, time out here. I mean, Lincoln Park, because of its wealth, because of its position in the city, it's an easy place to dump on. But what's something that you want people to take away from this conversation uh, to, and to know about this area that, that maybe they don't? Yeah, I think... It's it. You're so right. It's easy to dump on. It's easy to just write it off as like, eh, it's a basic area of the city. There's there's cooler neighborhoods and there are cooler neighborhoods, but um, there's a really rich history. And I think it's it's a really it's a microcosm of the, the larger story of Chicago of displacement and gentrification. And so we can take the lessons that they learned of how to build a good neighborhood and also not take lessons from them of how to kick people out. And hopefully we can use that as a blueprint to build better neighborhoods throughout the city. Andy, thank you so much for joining us out here at Oz Park. It has been a beautiful, uh, beautiful time with you. And again, if you want to tour uh, around your neighborhood with me and one of our producers, either Simone Alisea or Carrie Shepard, please hit us up. We, we're being honest with you. We will have you on the podcast just like we did with Andy, uh, and you'll get a shot to, you know, let us see the things that you love, the history that you have in your neighborhood, uh, and ways that we can visit uh, and enjoy it too. Andy, yeah. thank you so much. Thank you so much. This was so fun. We got more tours on the north side for you, including Uptown, Edgewater, and Rogers Park, and Lincoln Square. Check the link in the show notes for more info, and join us tomorrow when we're headed to the west side for a walk through Hermosa and Humble Park with a true voice of the communities. As always, we appreciate you for listening. If you want to give me a tour of your neighborhood in 2023, go and leave us a text or a voicemail at the CityCast number. You can find it down below, but I'm going to give it to you one more time. 773-780-0246. Leave your name, your neighborhood, and a couple of your favorite spots. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace.